Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, I think today's question deals with middle school, which is my favorite. <laughs> we both have a hankering for those teenage years. Something about the drama, I just can't get enough of. Um, so tell, tell me what our question is and, and, and let's see what we can offer. All right, here is a question from our listener. Thanks for calling. Remember 407-900-9305. My question was for middle school level. And, um, well, I was just looking for strategies to engage and support students with modified curriculum remotely. Thank you. Great question. (laughs) No, and she's looking at me, so I guess I'm (laughs) the one who's going to answer first. So this is a great question, and that's a tough, it's a tough question at any grade level, no doubt about it. At the risk of sounding overly simplistic, I'm going to go with the same thing that I say in a lot of different ways, which is real world experiences. So let's set aside for a moment um, some prepackaged curriculum. And let's think about this as an opportunity to revitalize what we do. I'm I'm currently uh, teaching an undergraduate class. They're going to be teaching a space unit to um, high school students with significant disabilities uh, at a local school. And so I'm trying to compel them to do things like go out at night, do a walk through, film the sky, film what you see. Let's talk about what space is. When they teach the lesson, I'm asking them to roll the video, share screen and do a talk through of what it looks like and looking for patterns because that's their actual standard for the modified curriculum here is to identify patterns. So why not look at real patterns in the sky? And why is that more important than using a secondary source? In my opinion, when it comes to kids um, who are on modified curriculums, tying it to the real world removes that abstract layer. So if they see me looking at the stars and talking about the stars, I feel they're going to better understand the concept. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I, I not only completely agree with that, but I think if you're kind of lost where to find those resources, I always like to remind, because I find many of our teachers, general ed and special ed alike, don't know that every state has access points. And so you can look at your state standard curriculum and they will give you a point of access for kids on modified curriculum, even remotely. And so keep in mind, could they look out their window? Um, I love the thought of video. I, I was sharing with Becky, I got the chance to walk by yesterday on the beach and saw the right whales, R-I-G-H-T whales, and there's only 490 of them in the world. Well, I have video. You might not be able to see the whales really well, but me being able to talk about that, but what would the access point tell me instead of just talking about whales, maybe that all things that are living and breathing that are mammals need oxygen. Maybe that's what I'm trying to get out of that. So I think it's not only adding that real world and adding those modified curriculum, 
but thinking about what is that access point? Where can that come from? Can it come from their house? Can it come from, you know, I think we often look for the magical curriculum and I would say it's the magical access point that can give you lots of creative ideas. And if you're not creative, ask your students, ask your high achieving students to make a little Flipgrid video. Exactly. Of, look, we talked all about nouns and verbs, but this person just needs to know what is a sentence. So could you give me a, a quick Flipgrid video of what is a sentence? And now I have a ready-made, accommodation for that student from some of the other students, which they'll pay a lot of attention, especially in middle school, if you pick up here that they really see as a positive person in the classroom. And you mentioned Flipgrid, and that is definitely one tool we can use. I would say, if you haven't already, this is the time to start working with kids on modified curriculum um, on using video tools, because it, it they may very well need added training in doing any of this. And I think it is time well invested. So if they can get their hands on a phone, uh, obviously they have access to an iPad or a computer if they're working from home, you know, and start working with them on how to collect some of these digital artifacts that we're discussing here. So think about, you know, extend it to any content area. If we're talking about, um, you know, consumer math, for example, why not videotape myself making decisions while shopping and doing price comparison? And again, by putting myself in the video as the person leading this, it's going to make a little more sense to some kids who may struggle more. And once they see me do it, challenging kids to go out and find digital artifacts, show me an example of, you know, take a picture of, you know, show me in your yard an example of. So I think um, tying it to real world for me is always the first step. Yeah. And then I, I would just say, you know, right now there's a plethora of COVID-19 resources, but I'll tell you the one that I love the most for the, this question. If you haven't ever visited the National Center on Intensive Intervention, they actually did a whole COVID response section on supporting students with intensive needs. And not only do they give you ideas, but they actually give you videotaped examples, similar to what, of course, Becky was saying so eloquently there, you know, show me this number using the base 10 blocks. Well, if you don't have the base 10 block, show me using 10 spoons, show me using 10 of something. And so think about what that might provide you. And we do know that a lot of schools are sending small mini kits. I would think about, you know, sending a solo plate and a black marker home so that student can draw you something, sending home some base blocks. So again, I think when we think remote, we think we can only use what's there for a small amount. You can mail, I think those uh, one school told me the 595 U.S. post office mm -hmm. boxes, mm -hmm. they filled it up with manipulatives and things so that the students had common and manipulatives. So think about maybe those kinds of small things to do without them costing you, of course, as a teacher, a lot of money. I think that's really important, Lisa, to make sure that the kids have access to the tools they need, even if it's small scale and it seems like something everybody would have in their house. Yeah. To that end, I think my final thought is um, we as special educators, those of us who are in special ed, I think we need to kind of take the lead on this. Nobody's necessarily thinking about our kids on the modified lesson plan at a time when things are so chaotic for everyone. So I implore anybody who works with that student population, look for each other, literally look online, find other groups of teachers that you can connect with 
to get ideas because we are such a small minority of the teaching force. And I don't know we're going to be getting stuff pushed out to us. I think we're going to have to be the ones who come and say, here's what I need. So going to your school and saying, I need 10 boxes shipped, you know, here's the items I need in the box. That's different than saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to send my kids. So come with a solution, team up to find it. So I think the message is we need to be the pushers uh, <laughs> in a good way, but to push those things out there. And I love that idea, Becky, that, that, you know, again, you're always really good to say, come with the solution, not the problem. And I think that's really where we're at. So again, if you have ideas to share, don't be shy in putting them on Facebook or tweeting them out on our Twitter at Access Practical. And again, if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on our podcast, please call us at 407-900-9305.